Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of The Rack Show. You're listening to the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show. My name is Tim Kelly, and with me I have Frank Horvath. And we are going to be discussing everything that's involving the Responsibly Armed Citizen. Yeah. So, um, yeah, before we get started... We've uh, just got through the holidays or through Thanksgiving and Black Friday, chaos and all that stuff. So how did everything go for you, Frank? It was uh, absolutely uneventful, which is fantastic. Ah. Uh, they got to uh, have a quiet um, uh, you know, Thanksgiving and holiday with my family, just, just my immediate family, my, my wife and kids. And uh, that, that was fantastic. So this year, my family's doing something a little bit different. We're, uh, we're all getting together for a Thanks Christmas, Thanksmas. I don't know. So about mid mid December. So we're we're all going to get together and have our big you know joint thing. Just our families are literally scattered across the states now. So yeah. that's kind of the time we're all going to get together. But things have been fantastic. How about you, Tim? How was your holiday weekend? Um, I think we might have to steal something from your playbook there because though it was nice and relaxing and, and pretty chill the whole weekend, um, you know, took the whole weekend off. But the little ones got sick. So um, this time of year, T's family gets together every year, and and there's they they I mean they come in in a horde of Mm -hmm. people, and um, they all meet up at at someone's house. We kind of trade off every year, and they were able to do that this year. But I had to stay home with the kids and let Mm -hmm. T go, and and so really missed out on some you know great opportunities to 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 see family and stuff like that. But Maybe we can uh, we can work something out to where we do that again towards Christmas time or yeah, something. It'd be yeah. nice to see everybody again. But yeah, other than that, man, it was nice. Uh, took Kipley hunting and uh, he got to pick out his first deer I shot, Giddy about up. 184 yards. All right, it's uh, it pretty cool. And then and Eddie tracked it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it was so it was it was a lot of fun. Um, we, we, we really enjoyed our weekend and, and made some memories, even though they were under the weather. Right, right. So. Well, that's great. That's great to hear. Mm-hmm. So, so while we're talking about the holidays, right, we're talking about all this, uh, the, the craziness that happens around the holiday season. You know, one thing that is, an, especially in our industry, is a big um, uh, telltale that, you know, holiday season's here is everybody starts slacking off. Everybody yeah. starts backing off on training. Yep. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the, the work on firearm skills or self-defense. I'm talking about the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about, you know, going and doing things. You know, we're spending more time with family. We're eating right. a little more turkey and, and food than we probably should, right? So there's a lot that's involved in there. But uh, the, the, the piece, the, the thing that is concerning to me is, you know, we have all these big, big events, right? We have like, uh, what was it, Black Friday, um, that, that happened. We had Cyber Monday. We had these these uh, big box stores who have these, you know, or Small Business uh, Saturday, like they have these big box stores, have all these sales, they have all these people that are amassing these stores. And crime just magically shoots up when all this happens, right? Imagine that. I know it's it's almost uh, it's it's almost like you know there's there's targets being painted on people's backs when yeah. they're pushing buggies full of stuff and you got screaming kids all around. It's, it's easy. Go right? figure. Easy. Criminals profile too. I know, right? But um, uh, the the reason I bring that up is I had some phone calls the other day. Um, where people were reaching out, uh, seeking some guidance, right? Seeking some uh, some thoughts, some ideas about you know self defense, uh, a little bit about um, how to uh, you know see some of these things that are happening before it's an issue. Um, and it 
and the reason why these conversations were coming up is because they had situations where they had felt uncomfortable. They had situations where something may have happened, and it, it they were seeking out guidance after the fact. Right. They were trying to come and figure out, you know, what, hey, what can I do? This happened to me. You know, what can I do, you know, to, to prevent this from happening again? Good on them. But is is it already too late? Like, where's right. when 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 are you supposed to start training? What when is a good idea? Is it uh, okay? I've been a victim, so let me go ahead and start seeking this out, or is that preemptive more appropriate? It's 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 on a bright and sunny day when you're you're feeling happy and and right. everything's working right in your life. That's that's when you really want to start it. Right. No man, the answer is now. The answer is you need to start training yourself now. Here's there's so many things wrong with what you just said, yeah. right? If somebody's calling a business who specializes in self defense, and uh, they have just experienced being accosted by someone or something like that, and uh, now they're saying, "Look, I think I need some training." And if one of the first things that come out of their mouth is, "I think I need some training in situational awareness," situational awareness is is not it's not a tool that you can access. It's just a mentality, right? So, like, you can't you can't access this tool and beat someone off of you with men, with this mentality, right? Right? You have to you 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 have to use that and have that knowledge and and tools that you can access to defend yourself. So, situational awareness only goes so far, and and so if we're not if we're not if we're not training, right, if we're not actively pursuing this, this craft of, of self-defense and, and that type of thing, um, not saying that this needs to be your, you know, what you eat, sleep, and breathe, um, all that situational awareness is going to do is say, yep, that train's coming. Right. Okay. Yep, guess it's coming. Yep. And, oh, look, I can't outrun it. And, look, I'm in a really, really bad bind, and I literally have nothing else, nothing else that I can bring to the fight. Right. So the, the, the situational awareness. The other thing, the other thing that's bad about this is, as you said, it, it's after the fact. Why are we waiting until after the fact? Well, because most of us walk around our daily lives and we're comfortable and rather complacent. Yeah, nobody, we, nobody's going to hurt me. Right. Like, like, I'm a good person. Like, that's just not, yeah, yeah and, and I, I completely agree. You know, there's, there's, there's you know, people. And, and at one point I was one of these people, right? I was like, hey, I'm a good person. I'm a young strapping, you know, male, like who's going to bother me? And then, sure. you know, then things happen. You're like, oh, okay, well, uh, I'm not as cool as I thought I was, yeah. you know? So there's, there's, um, I think it was Tom Gibbons that said, and one of the courses, uh, we, we've taken with him. It was like, you know, the two main questions that, that victims have, or right. That mentality that they have is I can't believe this is happening to me. Right. So that denial or why this is happening to me, you know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm a good person. Right. And you know, that, that kind of mentality is, is really, I think is the root of, you know, our, our society, you right. know, of, of our modern day, you know, all, you know, there's, there's police, right. There's, there's other people that can save me in my time of need. Right. Is there? No, that's just that's just straight up denial, right? You know, that's not something that's that's not a very realistic, um, you know, method for protection. But you know, what else was uh, was said in these phone calls? You said they they called uh, Apache uh, mm-hmm. the business number on and and was inquiring about certain things. So, 
Can you share a little bit more about that, those yeah, conversations? So, yeah. So um, again, we, we had some individuals that would call. Uh, they, in both instances, they were costing in a parking lot um, at a big box store. So they had got done purchasing, uh, purchasing something coming out. That uh, in one instance, they were as a, a parent with two children. Right, and one parent was taking care of the two children, taking them in, in you know, and getting them inside the vehicle, and the other was loading things inside the vehicle, and they were approached. Um, again, in, in that instance, it was just like an uneasy feeling um, that this person had uh, that was calling us. And uh, what was interesting about that conversation was uh, they needed to, you know, double check with their spouse, make sure like, hey, they can, you know, be interested in coming getting training. And then the spouse ended up turning them down because, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. So that's that's definitely something that I, I think we should continue to talk about. And uh, we'll do just that. You're listening to the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show on the world-famous WSIC. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here in just a little bit, but we're going to continue to talk about um, you know the need for training, and we're gonna we're gonna pull that a little bit. We're gonna talk sure. a little bit more about, you know, um, you know what if uh, what if your family's not necessarily on board with this? You know, you you picking up a new habit, or you starting to work or train a little bit. Let's uh, let's continue the conversation. Back. Welcome back to the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show. Uh, we're, we're continuing to, to have a conversation about uh, training and and you know the families and and just uh, everything that kind of happened over the holiday season, uh, or it's I guess continuing to happen over the holiday season. Things that uh, we uh, have heard of uh, since you know all the the uh, shopping and things like that. So talking, continuing to talk about uh, a little bit. You know what we're we're, what we were going over before the break. Now, uh, the particular particular gentleman had ended up calling, uh, was in all gung-ho, real interested in coming out doing some training with us uh, on, on, again, not even, you know, the use of deadly force. He was really looking more for uh, you know, some less than lethal um, sure. options, some ideas as far as, you know, how can, you know, they handle, how could they potentially handle that situation specifically a little bit better as, right. as a family unit. Anyway, so get off phone with him, you know, calling back and saying, hey, look, um, I really appreciate you talking with me. I was on the phone with him for probably 20, 30 minutes. And um, really appreciate uh, you talking with me. Uh, we're, um, you know, my spouse isn't interested and they doesn't think that's that big of a deal. So we're just, we're not going to pursue this anymore. And man, that was a gut punch. I remember yeah. calling you after that, you know, mm -hmm. after, after one of those conversations. I'm like, listen to this. And that it is all too familiar, right? Yeah. So we've heard it over and over again. Um, hey, you know, one person, something happens or they have a thought, it's like a friend tells them about, hey, you should come out and train. And then they end up going and talking to a significant other, a spouse, mm -hmm. somebody, and it's not as important to them, yeah. right? Or they have a different thought and they get talked out of it. That's so why I said a while ago, this is a situational awareness thing and the, and the, the, the mentality of being prepared is it's just that it is a mentality and some people just do not have yet or will probably never have that mentality i have family members close friends uh, many 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 who uh, who have 
suggested that I'm paranoid right. or that I live in a state of fear or something along those lines. And that's why, you know, that's why you carry a gun or that's, that's why you do this or do that. No, I don't live in a state of fear. I live very comfortably and enjoy my life. I am a regular everyday citizen, just like you. Yep. The only thing different is if, a, if someone wanted to do me harm, I am well prepared to handle that situation versus the person that believes that that could never happen to them. They are not. Right. They are not prepared for that. And those, those preparations don't interfere with my everyday life. No. They don't... I can still go play at the park with my kids. I can yep. still, you know, I can still go to the, you know, the kids' dance classes and recitals and stuff like that. I can still go out to dinner with my family. I can still go shopping. I can still go do all of these things just like everybody else. Right. You know, it's... It, it doesn't make me uh, paranoid or living in fear to have this mentality. Right. And that this state of denial, it's, it's almost a refusal. Like, I, I absolutely refuse to believe that this could happen to me. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's not surprising to me that someone would look at that situation and say, you know what, that wasn't, yeah, that, that wasn't all that scary. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not get amped up on that. Well, here's my question. You don't want to get amped up over some suspicions in a parking lot on Black Friday when you know, you know you've read news articles, you've seen it on FaceSpace, you've seen it all over the place, you've seen videos of people being assaulted. You know that it's, it's possible, but you don't believe it's possible for you. So right. when is it, when is it that you're going to choose to go and get training? Are you going to wait until your husband is getting his face kicked in in the middle of a Costco parking lot, is that when you're going to decide to call Apache Solutions and say, hey, we need training after my husband heals up? Right. You know, that's the best case scenario. Right. Like, is that, that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, and and I, in in a, in a perfect world, I want to say maybe it's not necessarily, you know, that, that state of denial, that state of denial, right? We hear that all the time. Sure. I'm hoping, my, it is my hope that people just don't know. Right, sure. they're not aware of. Hey, maybe I should consider this. Right, so hopefully that's what the Rack Show is doing right yeah. now. Hopefully we're we're spreading the word a little bit. You know, pre, um, pre, uh, was it preaching the law of the gauge yeah. or something like that? Right, <laughs> so we're saying, hey, look, like there's there's things out there. You know, we're we're exposing you now. Now that now that you know this. Take action. Yeah, I'm not necessarily you know saying come to Apache, come to Apache. I'm not necessarily <laughs> saying come to Apache, but 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 seek further training. Like yeah. like uh, if you don't have significant attitude skills, right? If you don't know how to verbalize things uh, to help you know maybe mitigate a certain situation, well, pick up a class or you know yep. work on that. Um, learn learn how to keep your head up. Right, yep. get out of the phone. There's just little things that you can do. That will set you way better off than where you are today. Um, go ahead. If, if you're curious about this, to our, our listeners and our viewers, go ahead and break out your pen and paper and pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> Read a book, guys. If you don't want that personable experience of going out and taking a class or working with a trainer or something like that, read a book. And there's right. plenty of them out there. So if you got that pen and paper ready... Look up Defensive Living by Dave Spaulding, yeah. Concealed Carry Class by Tom Givens, or Varg Freeborn. Help me out here. Um, look up the author, Varg Freeborn. I'm, the, the name of the book is just just left me. Either way, you're still trying to find your pen and paper, so it's okay. I'll think of it in a moment. 
anyway, there, there are a ton of excellent, excellent books out there um, that you can look into and learn so much just by just by just oh, violence of mind violence of mind yeah, yeah he's got, he's actually got two editions of that book yeah you know that those are all excellent op, uh, you know opportunities for you to train without actually going out and taking a class some, somewhere with a bunch of people you don't know i totally get that but you know don't uh, don't think that that's you know that's your only option mm-hmm. all right like get some information first and then start making your, your educated decisions to go out and, and train. See, and, and, and again, the, and the other thing is just like we had already said, it doesn't have to be, you know, deadly force. Like there are so many other things that you can do that before you get to deadly force. And that's most likely what's going to happen anyway. Yeah. So just like, you know, the, the analogy you're talking about the freight train, right? If you, you see the train coming, right? It's, it's, it's coming at you. There's, there's things that you potentially could, again, every situation is different, but there's things that you potentially can do to help mitigate your impact with the train right yeah. so if you see something if you you know recognize the signs of this might go ugly or this posture doesn't look right or this just feels off to me then then there are potentially things that you can do if you know how to recognize those signs and if you have some sort of idea some sort of exposure to what you can do to help mitigate that right and it's not always deadly force like you know that's the thing we're responsibly armed citizens but the 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 armed part, the piece that we're uh, we're going to be forced to use deadly force, like God forbid, if we if we need to use deadly force, that is a last ditch effort. That is literally Absolutely. the last thing that the last tool that we're going to, the last thing that we're going to be using, um, to you know, in in that situation. There are so many other things that we can do, um, and and you know, most of them have nothing to do with the tool. Right. Most of them have to do with, you know, your mindset, your your the the skills, being able to see exactly what's happening around you, keeping your head up. I mean, there's just right. there's so much uh, there that people just take for granted. Right. And again, they have those 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 feelings of, look, you know, my family doesn't, uh, or my my entire family's not fully bought into this, or you know, they they don't want to get. I I understand. I, I I really do. But why are you letting them hold you back? from your self-preservation, right? You know, are you always with everyone in your family at all times? You know, know, what's, what's strange about this to me is it's, it's generally reversed, right? Right. It's usually the, the, the wife or the, you know, the daughter or something like that, that's literally dropped off at Apache and they're like, Hey, uh, I already know how to shoot a gun. So just get her up to my speed. And I look at them like, it ain't going to be long, buddy. Right. Give me an hour or two, and you should probably just stay here too. Right. Right? It, that's that's usually what we run into, but this isn't the case. It's not. You know, so I don't think there's, as you said a while ago, I, I think, I don't think there's ego attached to that. I don't, maybe, maybe there isn't denial there. Maybe it right. is. They just don't know. Right. They just don't know, uh, or they they don't recognize it, right? you know, or don't recognize it as a possibility. It's hard to believe that violence can happen to you if you've never been exposed to violence. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if you've never been a victim of anything, if you've never been bullied, you know, you've never gotten to, you know, something as small as a, you know, elementary school hair pulling, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, fight that ended up in detention. Like if you've never had any of those things happen, if you've just lived a completely like unscathed lifestyle, it's totally understandable that you wouldn't recognize, you know, that violence could happen to you. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I had a bug. <laughs> okay. So while Frank's gaining his composure, <clears throat> the, the, 
what we're what we're trying to get at here is if you're if you're unprepared for these things, and that includes your mentality, your previous experiences, and and, and lifestyle that you live, um, you have a, a lesser chance of overcoming some of these more dangerous obstacles that are, that are put in front of you. So, you know, not that you really ever need to access this, um, but if you did, you're totally prepared for it, right? You're, you, you can still walk around your, and, and continue on your normal daily life and not have to, you know, be concerned um, necessarily with your inability to protect yourself. Right. You know, now that, now, okay? now that I'm back from, uh, from living out of fly or something, flying with her. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, what I was gonna, uh, what I was gonna say before I, I, I was so rudely interrupted by my, by me, um, <laughs> that uh, uh, everyone has a plan until they get hit in the face. Yeah, you know, and and I mean that's that's the you know the other piece of that is you know even if you do go out and you, you seek you know we'll we'll call it just you know farm training or something like that, if you're not. Um, if you're not expanding in that, if you're only focused on one itty bitty little tiny niche of the the least you know uh, least common denominator, the least possible you know th- you know thing that's going to happen to you, then you're not really doing an efficient job. Right. Um, there's there's again just like we had said, you know the the and the use of deadly force is literally the last thing, and it's uh, hopefully all right uh, statistically it's going to be the least um, you know common thing that's that's going to happen to you um so you don't need to focus all of your efforts all of your energy all of your being into that one specific thing right i think it's it's it, you need to diversify yeah you know i th- really think that that's you know what we're pushing forward we're not just talking about you know using those deadly four skills we're talking about just just like in just in general like just a, a mind mindset a thought like there's just Again, there's so much that's there that's involved that people just don't think about. You know, we were talking about, like, when, when do you start? Where do you start? Well, I think a perfect opportunity here would be to, to call our friend Cecil Birch yeah. and talk to him about his classes coming up in January. If you want to know when to start, this would be a great place to do it because you don't need a firearm. You don't need firearm skills. You don't need any of that. But you can learn a great deal of how to protect yourself from Cecil. And he'll be coming to see us in January. So why don't we get him on the hook when we come back from our next break? Let's do that. And uh, see what he has to say about this. I like it. We'll be right back. Be right back. Welcome back to the Rack Show, the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show, where we talk about everything regarding the Responsibly Armed Citizen. My name is Tim Kelly. With me, I have Frank Horvath. And as uh, as we discussed in the last segment, we're going to be bringing in Cecil Birch from Immediate Action Combatives. Cecil is actually going to be coming to uh, Apache Solutions in Yakinville um, this January. So, Cecil, how are you, man? Good. How about you guys? Oh, we're fantastic. Cecil, Tell me real quick, what's what's the weather right now? The, the weather, um, yeah, chilly. Yeah, it's co- cold. <laughs> it's, it's been it's been pretty close in the twenties, uh, like Ooh. yeah, all week this this week. So um, during yeah. the day, it's got up in the thirties and, and that sort of thing. But it's been pretty cold. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so we've been talking about uh, in this episode, we've been talking about like when you should start training. Uh, we've hit on some stuff about some of the um, some of the issues that we've we've dealt with uh, with potential students and clients, um, 
during the Black Friday halt in the Black Friday season and, and some of the, uh, the dangers that, um, that exist out there. And just some of the, the training mentality that's, that exists uh, and then the, the opposing side, like family not supporting the idea of going like they don't think they really need it. Um, there's, there's just so much we've been talking about in this episode. And I really wanted to include you in on this, especially since you're coming out so soon. Um, but, you know, what's, what's your take on when you should actually start training? Today. Yeah, that's I what think, I said. I mean, <laughs> you know... And and it's and it's not the facetious way. It's too early here. It's only like it's only like nine o'clock here. So I'm still. Um, I don't mean it in 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 like a smart alecky way. It's start training as soon as you can. Don't you know? I think there's a lot of paralysis by analysis in in a lot of the self preservation community. It's it's well, especially if you start really truly looking at it. You know, it's not um, a one solution problem. It's, oh, I'll get my gun and carry that. That's a that's part of it for sure. But there's also maybe OC spray is probably a good idea. Right. And maybe understanding the pre-fight threat containment, you know, you know, verbal judo and de-escalation and deselection and understanding violent criminal actors. And then there's some aspect of maybe having some kind of health and vitality um with it maybe some hands-on maybe some other tools and you start going oh but there's so much i have to train and i gotta and then the legal stuff and probably i should some medical stuff and then people go well what should i do i should do this class i should do this it's like just do something you know um i'm a believer in just doing something it's the japanese thought of kaizen where just every day you get better and that might only be like one one hundredth of one percent but you're still getting better. You're still moving forward. I had a one of my um, longtime martial art instructors back in the eighties um, told me this analogy. He said, Cecil training should be like every day you put a piece of paper on your desk, one piece of paper. And he goes, it's not a lot of energy, not a lot of effort. And at the end of the week, it doesn't look like much. At the end of the month, it doesn't look like much, much, but two, three years in, you've got over a ream of paper on your desk. That's your, that's your training. That's your experience. That's your, that's your input. And it's better than not. It's better than waiting for that perfect moment. Oh, I'm going to start in January, January one. I'm going to start eating better and I'm going to start exercising and I'm going to start getting to the range and shooting, et cetera, et cetera. No, you're not. You're not going to do all of that, any of that, because it's too much. How about today? Just go, you know what? After dinner, I'm going to go for a 45-minute walk. Boom. Boom. That's tra- I'm sorry, guys. That's training. That's doing Absolutely. something. Yep. Well, there went, our, there went our entire episode on the New Year's resolution. <laughs> Thanks, Cecil. I appreciate that. So, okay. Cecil, you've been, you've been talking about uh, martial arts and, and that type of thing. Uh, why don't you introduce, the, introduce yourself to the audience and, and tell people who you are and, and you know, a little bit about your background and, and, and what you offer currently. Sure. So um, I've been a martial artist for 45 years. That's a, I'm not, I don't do any other cool guy stuff. Never been law enforcement or, or military. I was just sort of an average dude, but I fell in love with fighting and self-defense. 40, literally 45. This is my 45th year of doing it. And I just, there's 
once I started, I never stopped. There was never a moment where I wasn't actively training a system under a, a under instructor in those 45 years. Awesome. Um, and at this point, I've trained like I say everything because I pretty much have. If you if somebody's heard of a system, I probably spent some time in it. I might even help. Might even have instructor creds in it. I've, I've overall the time. Um, most of my focus the last 25 years has been what a lot of people refer to as the combat sports, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, boxing, wrestling, and then how that applies in a self-preserve, a modern-day self-preservation environment with the presence of possibility of weapons on either side, good guy and bad, or both, uh, multiple opponents, what are the legal ramifications and, and, and justifications that you can use. All that sort of the last 25 years of how this all works together and kind of my own focus is how I teach it. How do I get this across to not me, right? I, I know I'm going to be training. I'm going to be on the mats here in a couple hours and I'll be there most of the day. How do I, that's easy to reach me. It's how do I reach uh, the other person who again, has got, you know, you got a couple kids and you got the day because I, I've only this, this last year, I've been a full-time professional up to this point i had a white collar professional day job and so i had to work around all these issues and i had kids right i raised two kids and, um, and, um, and all that kind of stuff so how do how do we fit all of this together how can we get a you know a functional self-preservation skill set for people for for what pat rogers always called average um, earth people Right, because that's me. I'm just average Earth people. I'm not again not anything fancy. You're here. Um, oh, yeah. You're amongst friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we've been trying to express that to our audience uh, pretty much in every episode that we offer. This is this is about the responsibly armed citizen, and we come in all different shapes, sizes, colors, and flavors. You know, we're we're all different, um, yep. but it's it's more about a mentality uh, than than anything else. And um, the self-preservation, and you mentioned that you know quite a few times. But that's that's really what this is about: is is going on about your daily life, being your normal self, but just having some knowledge and tools that you could access, and then in the event you need to defend yourself, right? And, and yep. that's that's really what it's about. I mean, you still you can still have the same you know fun personality. You don't have to walk around like you're, you know, militaristic or something along those lines. Uh, you don't have to be a cop to do this. But uh, speaking of that. You in your class that you have coming up in January, we only got about five minutes just to let you know. But okay. in, in the um, in the class that you have coming up in January, uh, I get a lot of questions from our our large variety of students uh, that come out and train with us. And one of them is, oh, man, I see pictures of, of him like rolling around on the ground with somebody and. Like, it just looks violent. It looks hard. It looks like I might get injured. I've got a bad back. I've got a bad knee. My wrist hurts. Something I got a paper those, cut this morning. Yes. <laughs> some, something along those lines. What, what do you have to say to those folks? To some extent, they're right. Right? On, on the level of, like, if you're going to seriously get into deep in the weeds of that pursuit, it can be that way. And for me, a lot of times it is. But that doesn't mean that's the totality of it. You can do this at whatever level of intensity, of pressure, of energy output that you feel appropriate. Um, I've had guys as old as um, in their mid-70s. I had one guy who um, had just had open heart surgery the not quite a year prior. 
um, and he was 73, maybe. Uh, I've had multiple people like that. I've had kids as young as 13 do the class. Um, I've had people who just come off knee surgery. I had, I've had, you know, for, you know, high level fighters and professional fighters, air marshals, you know, tier one opera. I've had all of it and they all, they all get something out of it because it's all about what you need. So we always say when you're training, when you're working with somebody, be the partner that your partner needs. Maybe right. if, if you're going with me, I need you to put hundred percent pressure and try to beat me up. Right. Maybe when I go with this guy, this is his first time doing it. What he needs is me to put just a minimum, tiny bit of pressure and help him work through the moves. Right. Anybody can, can do this stuff. It, um, it's not fight club. It is absolutely right. not fight club. It is all of us helping each other from me on down to every other student, helping the other students learn to get better and to deal with dirt bags out there who aren't going to care that you've got a physical excuse. Right. Quality, you're more likely to be targeted because you've got, oh, I have a bad knee. Okay, well, you're the wounded gazelle exactly. at the water hole. Right, exactly. Right. You know, there's a good chance. Like, honestly, I don't get picked up anymore, right? At this point in my life, I don't remember the last time I've been truly targeted. I was, it's probably been about two years now at this point. And that was because I was in a horrible town um, late at night, you know? And, and, but as soon as that guy saw, I basically turned and squared up to him and stared at him. He veered off, right? right? I'm not getting picked on because I'm not, I don't look like it. But if you are, you're an older person, you have a, you've got some injury. You know what? That's not the excuse to not do something. It's probably the excuse to do something. It doesn't mean that you're going to go like fight like you're in the UFC, you know, and train like it. But you have to put a little pressure, you know, not pressure. That's not the right term. But you have to put a little effort into it. Sure. And again, in my course where, again, it doesn't matter. You can go with the, if you need to take a break, if you go, hey, dude, can you give me just like 5% pressure? No problem. I, I give right the first thing I do at the beginning of class is set that idea that we work with the appropriate pressure that our partner needs. Awesome. And I've never had a serious, 18 years, I've never had a serious injury um, because of that kind of thing. So literally anybody can do it. Fantastic. So, so you're saying that in your class that you're going to be teaching up here in, in, uh, in Yadkinville this January, student controls the pace and, of which they learn and the intensity by which they learn. 100%. I never set the standard. I set the potential standard. Like, I don't want you going over this, but I don't set the the, the minimum, the sure. minimum is what you feel you need to do. Like I might say, okay, guys, do not go at a hundred percent. Don't go more than 50. Right. But maybe for you, your 50% is most, is more like everybody's 10%. Right. That's cool. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, Cecil, it's been awesome talking with you, man. I really appreciate you uh, calling in this morning. And um, I'm really looking forward to your class in January. It's, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming. Super excited to have you out. So, Me too. I can't wait. I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to it. Everybody's always like, 
oh, all the Apache guys are so cool. They're so cool. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to get out there and find out for myself. Thanks, Cecil. We'll be back, guys. Welcome back to the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show, where we talk about all things Responsibly Armed Citizen should know. We've had an awesome show today. We've got talking about um, you know training, when to train, what uh, if the family decides they don't want to train or it's not that important to us. We had an awesome guest speaker, Cecil Birch, uh, who's actually going to be coming and teaching a course at Apache here in, uh, in January. So um, you can uh, find more information on that online. There's uh there there's quite a bit that's going on, so uh, as we move on, um, you know the the I think the biggest takeaway, right? The biggest thing that we want our listeners uh, to go home with is, look, start training, right? right? Do what Cecil said, right? It's decide today, hey, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go for for a walk, right? Forty five minute walk, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be this high speed, um, you know, skill set or something that you know you really just have to go and and, and get from the like, the most elite of the elite in order to you know, to learn and, and do. Like you can literally start today. Right. You can decide, hey, you know, instead of you know, it, it's cold out. Sure, you know, instead of going out and getting out of cold, pick up a book. Right. right, just do something to better better yourself so that you are better than who you were yesterday, or right. better than you are today. Um, you know that that continual growth, that continual improvement. Speaking of continual growth and continual improvement, uh, we're going to continue with uh, our our theme. What we do at on the last segment of every one of our shows, the competency of the month. So, Tim, what is our competency of the month for the month of December? Okay, because I have to explain this in every single episode, because we might have new listeners, and I just love hearing myself talk. Uh, Let's explain what Competency of the Month actually is. So Competency of the Month was actually an in-house program that we put together to help challenge our uh, the rest of our cadre so every month we send out this message and uh, a a topic essentially to discuss or speak on and uh, it's it's meant to challenge uh, the the knowledge base of our cadre on on self-defense related topics and uh, since we started the rack show we thought it'd be a great idea to implement that in with our rack show and and introduce our audience to um, some of these competencies and challenge you all with gaining the knowledge um, necessary for this and sharing our own. Yeah. So discuss cold weather for concealed carry. That is the competency of the month. How does, how does cold weather have anything to do with concealed carry? So if you talk to any, any of the, uh, the gun fuds of the world, they were like, Oh, well, winter means I can carry a bigger gun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what, there, there may be some truth to that. There, there, there is some truth to that. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's definitely something to consider. Right. It's, right. and if you look back through gun history, and this is one of the things that, that I really, uh, really enjoy, um, you know, look at different um, areas of our nation, right? Some some places have you know way colder weather than we have, and so specific modifications, specific things have to take you have to take an account for you know what you're doing and 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 uh, what you're wearing and how you're going to be accessing your gear, things of that nature. Um, you know, one of the things that immediately comes to mind is a fit special. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that was where you know the the trigger guard was cut out, right? Mm-hmm. So that there was readily access to, uh, to the trigger on on the revolver, and that was so that you know when you're wearing gloves, mm-hmm. that it's uh, you can still readily access that trigger, you can still readily access that firearm, uh, and use that firearm when you have thick cover garments and things like that on. Right? Put when your you Dremel tool down, audience. Oh yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. But but you know, if we go back in history and look, like that's that was specifically what it was used for. Right. And um, yeah, and but but again, there are so many things to consider. Um, so if if you start wearing like these big, you know, cover garments, you start wearing these bigger jackets, you start wearing um, you know, heavier, you know, um uh we'll like sweatshirts and stuff like that. You still need to be able to conceal your firearm uh, if you're using a firearm or your tool, whatever it may be. And you still need to safely and efficiently be able to access that tool. Right. And you need to practice. Right. Um, you know, dry fire practice, making sure that you can still clear your garment, making sure your garment's not getting snagged on things. Right. Um, I remember years ago, uh, we had a private session. It was cold out. You know, we're we're working on different. Uh, we're we're dry. We're working on you know accessing you know you, these big jackets and stuff like that. And we had a student who had got their uh, their jacket and had like a liner that was on the inside and actually got caught on their. Uh, firearm as they were drawing. Mm-hmm. So that gun came up and out of the holster. They didn't expect it, right? Again, we were we were dry. That's why we were doing this. That's why we were testing and making sure right. that, you know, the, this this cover garment was working. Dry means he didn't have any ammunition in the gun. Right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, the farm was inert at the time. And anyway, so because of that, right, we were able to identify, hey, that particular cover garment may not be the best thing for you to utilize while you were carrying or we needed to modify the cover garment so to make it safe for concealed carry in that particular instance and uh you know again there's 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 so many times that i've heard people you know say like oh it's time for me to carry a bigger gun or switch it up which again i've fallen into that myself i have to to. (laughs) it's it's easy um but there's there's uh you need to take a pause you need to say hey can i still access you know my gear can i still access things safely um the other thing that i would add is again and this is uh, it may not necessarily common knowledge and this may just be my personal opinion but you need to make sure that you are one garment away from your concealed firearm so what i mean by that is if you wear layers so if you have like an undershirt and you have a uh, a hoodie on and a jacket or something like that you need to tuck that hoodie right on behind your firearm so that you're only clearing a single garment in order to get to your firearm i've seen this mistake happen over and over and over and over and over again where somebody will have multiple layers on they'll have you know uh, you know a hoodie a, a sweatshirt they'll have a jacket they'll have a t-shirt and then their gun is buried under four layers of of garment and trying to get through four layers of garment to get you know to to your firearm or to your other tool is miserable it is not it's not ideal um you're it's significantly slow it significantly increases chances of failure there's there's a lot of things there to to think about you know and and you can't always you can't always do that Uh, and maybe most of the weather in north carolina um and and the region that we live in we can pretty well get away with that you know having one garment um one when that got challenged first for me was with in a conversation with dan brady when i was talking about uh, the the nonsense idea of having a pocket pistol, mm-hmm. and he's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, um, you know, you're spoiled to this type of weather, when you know you live in a, a place like Vermont, 
and you have um, you have all of these different layers of right. clothing on. You and have gloves, gloves and, and everything right. else and a toboggan, all this. Like you can't, you just can't t- tuck in your second jacket, you know, behind your gun. It just doesn't work well that way. Right. So, you know, he talked about putting a, a small uh, snubby revolver in his jacket pocket so it was quicker for him to access. And that will that would ideally or theoretically buy him a little more time to access his his larger uh, handgun that he is more proficient with, mm-hmm. but he still had quick access to um, to that gun. And, and quicker. And I want to make sure that we're clear that sn- little snubby you know pocket gun was still in a holster. Sure, sure. Right. It's 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 still secured. It's just it's it's more readily accessible. Right. It's easier to 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 get into. It's easier to especially when you know you have a, a thick you know outer layer or something like that. And there are, there are a ton of uh, options out there for pocket holsters, and that they right. have a, that's what they're designed for is for the for a pocket. Mika holsters is one of the holsters I mm-hmm. I really like to use. That's M I K A holsters. Uh, you just Google him, um, and uh, he's he's a really cool guy. Anyway, um, him, I think DeSantis makes a, a mm-hmm. halfway decent one, um, and there's a couple others. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I don't know all of the pocket holsters, but there there are quality ones that exist out there for the purpose of pocket uh, pocket carry. Uh, but anyhow, my point is, is you you are losing a ton of time. Um, in your draw stroke when you have to unravel yourself like a Christmas present, right. you know, in the wintertime to get to your gun. So find a way to cheat. Find right. a way to cheat. If that means tucking tucking the extra garments in behind your gun, then great. If that means moving your backup gun to a more easily accessible location like a jacket pocket inside of a pocket holster or something like that, then so be it. I, um, there, there are just many different options that you need to be looking at. Something else that, that I would also consider is, um, you know, the garment itself. There are so many things that you can do to a garment. Actually, um, I'll, I'll grab my jacket here in just a minute. But you know, so I have this awesome big Carhartt jacket that I have, and um, ended up uh, taking it somewhere and having them put uh, zippers all the way down the sides so that it breaks freely. And from the outside looking in, you can't tell. Like right. if you're just looking at the jacket, you're like, okay, cool, that's a cool Carhartt jacket. But if you take a moment and look at it, there's zippers that go all the way up the side, so it breaks free when I go and, and grab the garment. And that's again my outer garment. So instead of me trying to fight this big old jacket, the whole front of it will break free. Yep. And then I, I can still get access to my tool. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's uh, there's a number of other, and that was a, a custom job. But there's a number of other companies that are out there that have jackets, they have things, garments designed just for that. That would work well in cold weather. Um, 511's 511, got one. Yep, yep. 511's got a couple of them. Loki, Loki Defense has mm-hmm. another that I really enjoy. Victos has their um, their hoodie. Yep. Yep. That, uh, that has the zippers on the side too. Yep. So yeah, it's it's uh, the again the the thing I would say about that is get get the garment and practice train with the yeah. garment because there is a little bit of a learning curve there and you want to make sure that all the little bugs and kinks and things like that are mitigated because not all garments are created the same. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, and that's where your your previous cha- training really pays off, especially if you're holding yourself to a specific metric. Like I know what my typical draw stroke looks right. like at a specific distance. What you're going to find is it's going to be really challenging to meet that same metric when you've got a whole bunch of clothes on. Right. But it can also make you a great, like a, a much better shooter oh, if yeah. you start practicing. Right, right. So you you practice clearing through all of those different layers. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe just the amount of um, 
uh, dexterity that you lose when your fingers are cold, Absolutely. right? When your hands are cold, um, or when you have the, the pressures of, of uh, bulky like sleeves, sleeves and stuff yep. like that, or sleeves that extend on beyond your wrists. Suit you know. jackets. Yeah, man. Right. You, have, you have so many different uh, things that you have to... Um, to account for. Yeah, you have to right. account for many different variables than what you're used to in, in a t-shirt and shorts in the summertime. Right. And if you don't account for those now, then you know you're you're likely to uh, have to account for them when you really in the moment. Yeah, right. and that's not when you want to do it. No, not so. at all. Hey guys, so before we go, we have Shotgun Metrics coming up tomorrow. Visit ApacheNC.com to see that. Also, Immediate Action Combatives. That was Cecil Birch. He'll be here in January. That is IACombatives.com. Go check him out and get in on his next class. Frank, it's been awesome. And um, looking forward to the next show. Let's do it. I appreciate it. Have a great, uh, have a great day. You too.